Today's show is pre-recorded. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to The Voice. Uh, come on, dig me now. One and only Steve Harvey. Got a radio show. I've been saying it like that since I got it, too. All right. Got a good one for you today. Yesterday, the other day, I was talking to you about the most effective weapon available to us as human beings, I think, is prayer. I think prayer helps us in so many ways. But right now, what I want to do is I want to show you how prayer pays off. I want, I want to show you what good it can do for you. Even me. I use it every day. And, and the days I don't use it, I feel it. The, the, you know, the days that I go, you know, without talking to him as much, I notice it. I feel it. I feel a certain kind of way. You know, those, uh, those, that doubt starts slipping in again. That uneasy feeling of uncertainty slips in again. That that wondering what I'm going to do starts slipping in again. It happens to me. It happens to everybody, man, I think. I, re- I really, really do. You know, if people would just keep it real with each other, stop being this Christian, this Superman, because you ain't. You ain't. There's a scripture that says there's none perfect. No, not one. That's everybody. That, that, that cover all of us, don't it? So sometimes I think we're a little too hard on each other. Uh, with that too, seeing as how we not perfect, we immediately want to just, just, oh man, you just want to kill when we find somebody do something wrong. Especially if it go public, everything go public now called social media. But anyway, I just want to talk to you about how prayer pays off. I mean, it's called the ROI money. People got money, call it ROI, so return on investment. People are always looking for a return on investment. You know, nobody. 
Nobody in business really gives you money without understanding the return on investment. They don't even give monies to charities unless they think it can do something with the bottom line. A lot of companies work like that. I found that out myself. Sad, but it is true. So since everything is expected to work on a return on investment, I assume because we're human beings. So since we're all human beings, whether you're in business or, or not, you're still in the business of living. I think when you pray, you should expect a return on your investment. You talk to him. You spent time opening up to him. You bowed your head to him. You humbled yourself. You got on your knees. I mean, but really we talking God here, so really what you're doing ain't really about nothing, be honest with you. The little bit that you do do on his behalf, it, it, it just pales in comparison with what he does. But let's just say you want to call yourself invested. Well, let me show you how it pays off. This Because, see, for me, this is for me now, prayer pays off in different ways. That's what I had to learn. See, I was praying, but I was asking him specifically for what I wanted. I had the audacity, though, to turn around and tell him how to do what I wanted. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I can't tell you how many blessings I blocked coming my way by putting my faith in what I said I wanted and how I wanted him to do it. I want you to give me this. I want that person to go away. I want this person to accept everything you say. Then I want to go over here and I want this deal to happen like this. And I want that person to just step aside and let, let me through. And then I want that. I, was, I had it mapped out. God must have been chuckling really hard. <laughs> he had to be going, boy, I made you to be funny, but boy, you're funny now. So you're going to tell me how to do it. And you've all heard this right here. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. Well, that's what I did. And that's how we pray a lot of times. We pray. And we pray in the prayer, we're telling him how to work it out. Well, here's the deal. This is what I've learned. Prayer pays off in different ways. There's a different return of my investment when I pray. See, sometimes when I'm praying for something, a situation to dissolve itself or go away, sometimes I get courage out of the prayer. Prayer provides me courage. That's just to go on and look at it, I guess. Face it. Then sometimes when I'm praying about a situation, sometimes prayer gives me hanging power. Sometimes, man, it just I look up and I'm just handling it better. Sometimes prayer gives you laugh it off power. Sometimes, man, you just got to laugh it off. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> you tripping. Do you know what that is if you could do that? You know, sometimes it gives it gives you a show of strength, power. Sometimes prayer allows you to have the appearance that you got it all together. Nobody got to know the whirlwind, the, the tornado, the hurricane that's swirling in your life. You standing over there like the eye of the hurricane. You just And it's all swirling around you, but you standing there like the eye. You just as calm. That's what prayer does. So when you pray, man, it builds up a lot of things in you. You know what it's done for me? Prayer has built up character in me. It's made me have more character because I'm able to stand stronger on the things I say because I've been praying. Because I've been asking God for all of those return of investments. I've been asking God for courage. 
I've been asking God for hanging that power. I've been asking him to give me the power to walk away. I've asked him to give me ignored power. I've asked him to help me laugh it off. I've asked him to show me strength. But you know what I was doing? I was really praying, not really for them things, be real with you. I was asking him to help me. Lord, help me. You ever done that? You ever ask God for help? And then all of a sudden, a list of these things show up. See, sometimes how you want the problem to be solved ain't the best way. There's a lesson to be learned when we make mistakes. And sometimes you got to stay in that fire and you got to learn that lesson. But guess what, though? When you come out of it, you're going to be better for it. You're going to know more about it. Come on, y'all, pray. He's solid. His word is true. It lasts forever. He do what he say he's going to do now. All day, all night, 24-7. He do it all day, all night, and then some more. His word don't ever change. It's true. It works for me. It worked for you. It worked for Jake's. It worked for Osteen. It worked for Kirk Franklin. It worked for Paula White. It worked for Billy Graham. It worked for Mother Teresa. It worked for Gandhi. It worked for princes, Arabs. It worked, man. It worked for you. What you waiting for? Why don't you put prayer in your game? Watch what happened to you. You sitting in that jail cell and you struggling with it and they telling you blood in, blood out, you can't get in you. That's foolishness, man. What you mean? God can get you out of anything. Look, man, if you done read your Bible, he done got some people out of some sticky situations. I don't know what you talking about. If Daniel was in the lion's den and Jonah was in the belly of the whale, what you talking about? Where you are? You just sitting in a cell with some dudes around you talking about what they going to do. Man, you got to be real. God can't nothing do nothing. Nobody do, can't nobody do nothing to you. God won't give you the strength to handle. Prayer changes things, man. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is upon us another great day, and I've decided to start this show this way. Roscoe Wallace, who is currently in one of the biggest lawsuits ever in the music industry, suing the entire industry for over a trillion dollars because they have stolen every hit he has made. Today, we show an example of that. Oh, Billy Jane, not my lover. She's just a girl who knew that I was the one. Oh, and the baby ain't my son. Oh, Lord, yeah. Oh, Billy Jane, wasn't my lover. She's just a girl who knew that I was the one. Whoa, the baby ain't my son. Ooh, there we go. Another hit. Michael Jackson, hold me for that one right there. Y'all enjoy the show? Go on, kick it off, Steve. (laughs) Rocco Wallace been right here the whole life. All right, y'all, good morning, everybody. Yeah, Yeah, Shirley Strawberry, Carla Pharrell Jr., nephew Tommy. What what is your question, uh, Carla? I was just trying to figure out, you know, the whole Billie Jean, Michael Jackson. I thought Quincy Jones produced. <laughs> oh, the album. oh, hold, so, hold on. Do you want me to go get Roscoe? Q? Do you want me to get Roscoe? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am right here. Hey, what's up, Carly? 
What a question What's going on, you know? Roscoe? I was Go just, ahead and me, girl. You know, before you left, you know, you basically uh-huh. said that Michael Jackson owed you for Billie Jean. So. All, uh, all day, all day. Yeah, he wrote the song, and then, you know, Quincy Jones produced the album. So. Yeah. Are yeah. you in a lawsuit with Q? Oh, you talking about Quincy? Yeah. Trillion dollars include everybody. <laughs> I don't care if your name Quincy, Rincy, Vincy. Oh. I don't care. Q R T U V. Everybody getting in a lawsuit right here. Quincy know me. Quincy stole Secret Garden from me. Wow. Secret Garden, when I wrote that song, it was Public Garden. Then he gonna take it and gonna try to change it in Secret Garden. The hell we need a Secret Garden for them black people ain't gonna own no damn Secret Garden. They'll go Public Garden. Public Garden. Public Garden. You're going to change that right there. You don't go around with them. Q is involved in it, everything. Joe involved in it, everybody. All the Jackson. Jackson 5. The Jackson. Heartbreak Hotel. Centipede. All of them. Centipede. Reby. Centipede. Reby. Reby, no. (laughs) Reby, no. Okay, you answered my question. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Anytime, anytime I come over here and clear it up for everybody. Rocco Wallace, greatest songwriter of all time. Been in the business forever and wrote all these songs. Tired all these young people ripping me off and not paying me for these things. And I tell you one thing else. Beware, because Drake ass is next. Uh oh. Uh oh. Drake on my hit list. Bet you ain't know that, did you? <laughs> on that note, coming up at 32 minutes after the hour, uh, we're going. St- we're going to start the show off with the nephew and run that prank back right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Time to start your morning off with run that prank back and the nephew. What you got, Nev? Can your wife help me with my thesis? No. Can your wife? Yes, I need help. Can your wife help me with my thesis? Let's go, cat dog. Hello? Hello, uh, I'm trying to reach... Yeah, who, who is this? Hey, my name Ellis, man. Uh, is this, uh, uh, this Daryl? Is this a husband? Yeah, 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 this is me. What's hey, up? Hey, how you doing, man? Listen, I, um, my mother's Miss... Man, she goes to church with, uh, with, with your wife's mom, Miss, with uh, with mother. And uh, I'm actually in med school, man. And uh, they told me um, your your wife she's a she's a she's a nurse. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a, she a nurse. But you say you say your mama go to church with my wife's mama. Right, right. My my mother's she goes to church with uh with with, with mother. Oh, okay then. All right. Uh, well, what's well, up? well, I was calling you off for Daryl, man. If you didn't mind, I wanted to. Uh, I'm I'm going. I'm getting ready to do my thesis, man. I'm doing my thesis for the end of the year. Uh, end of the semester, man, for um, med school, and they, and they told me your wife, you know, that uh, might be able to help me out. So I, I was hoping I could talk to her for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, hold, hold on real quick, all right? Hold on. Uh, okay. I want to talk to you about something his mama told You He want to talk to you. Uh, let, 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 let. Who is this? Hello? Hello? Hey. Yes? Hey, how you doing? My name is Ellis. My mother, uh... You go to church with your uh, with your mother. Uh huh. And they they gave me your number that you might be able to help me out with some stuff. I'm I'm in med school right now. I'm studying to be a gynecologist, and uh, that you might be able to help me out with some things. And I, I wanted to reach out to you if it was cool. Okay. And what's your name again? Ellis. And your mom goes to church with my mom. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. What? So, what so can listen. I help what, what, I, what I'm doing is I'm doing my thesis, and 
you know, this is the this is my big end of the year exam. Uh-huh. And what I'm doing is I'm making my thesis a video and opposed to a report. Okay. So uh, everything is going to be on video. So what I'm trying to do is actually get a time where I can hook up with you and maybe examine you and get all that on video. So you said you want to videotape me do- what kind of I, uh, I would be giving you a, 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 you know, and I put you, you know, your legs in the stirrups and all that, and just video me doing the actual examination on you. You want to video? Baby, you want to videotape him giving me a? Hello, hey, say, what you talking about? You want to do what again, dude? Uh, well, we got, see, I'm working on my thesis, man, and what I'm doing, my thesis is gonna be a video, so I'm gonna actually video myself giving your wife a. What you talking about? You want to videotape my wife giving? Yo, what the f- is wrong with you? Hey, 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 brother, this right here for my grade, man. You know, this ain't nothing on a personal tip, man. This is for the grade, you know. I, your wife being in the medical field, I thought y'all would have done something like that. This is my wife you talking about. Dude, you can't, you, you want to video camera my wife. Who's not doing that to video? All you do is they don't got to look at it, man. You, you can't, hell no, man. Hey, well, man, listen, this for my grade, man. This ain't, I mean, only the professor is going to see. You can fuck as far as I'm concerned. You better go find somebody else. You better do my wife. Again, man. My name Ellis, man. I told you, you no, know, my my mama miss. She go to church with. Mama. You can't go to church, with mama. I'm not calling. Man, no, we don't know who the miss is, man. We ain't never seen your mama, man. What you trying to do? You ain't finna do no on my wife, man. Who the miss? Man, what the you talking about? You want to video? Okay, but well, dog, let me ask you something. Don't she go in there and get a anyway? At least once or twice a year. Yeah, yeah, she do, but she ain't got no video tapes trying to videotape my wife and like that. Uh, but, but, man, this is brother. You ain't gonna find somebody else, man. F*** that, man. Man, dog. F*** all that, man. I don't know you. I don't know your mama. F*** all y'all, man. Okay, okay. Can you put me on speakerphone so I can talk to both y'all? No, hell no. You ain't finna talk back to my wife. <laughs> okay, can I say one more thing? Come my videotaping my wife, dog. You ain't, you ain't talking to my wife no more. I just want to say this, man. This is nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. You just got pranked by your homeboy, Doug. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Tell my this is nephew. This ain't no nephew Tommy talking about videotaping my wife. This is nephew Tommy. Yeah, yeah. boy, oh, yo, you, you got a boy named Doug, don't you? Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. What'd you say? Who did that? Doug. Doug. Tell him. Doug, 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 stupider than that you understand <laughs> you don't get no right. stupid you know that's 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 just greatness at work right there stupidity all wrapped up into one you understand yeah. well you the understand? husband was not having it so <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what you want you know when you're pranking calling you know you calling husbands about their wives you calling uh-huh. ladies about their children actually men and women about their children uh mm. You know, something that's going to sting. It's it's got to sting. Yeah, it's got to sting. Yeah, sting or sting. Sting ain't a word. Is sting not a word? 
How many times you done said it? Stain. Yeah, stain. Not a lot. No. That that waltz that waltz is stain me. That I mean that. No, no. It works. Stain work. Yeah. Woo, that stain. <laughs> yep, that we know. It's stinging me. It's stinging me. <laughs> sting, sting, stung. That's all working. Well, I know good and hell. Well, that sting. Yeah, <laughs> man, it work. Work it out for yourself, Steve. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, that's a word, Tommy. Don't let the don't let shit. No. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Shirley gonna keep it proper. That's all right. It's okay, Shirley. It's okay. I'm gonna be proper Friday and Saturday night at the Ramona Pavilion Ballroom. That's in Jacksonville, Florida. Nephew, Tommy, and Friends Comedy Show. You don't want to miss it. Two shows each night, 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock, Friday and Saturday. Man, we got a few tickets left. We going to be straight stupid come Saturday night. That's what I do. So come watch me work, okay? Jacksonville. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you, nephew. Uh, coming up next, it is Ask the CLO, Chief Love Officer Steve Harvey in the building right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour in trending entertainment news, well, lawsuits have been filed against Travis Scott in the wake of the Astroworld tragedy, plus in other entertainment news. Did you guys see the movie, The Heart of They Fall, with Idris Elba and Regina King? Did you guys see that? Yeah. Oh, I, yes. I saw it, yep. Shirley. Uh-huh. Yes. Outstanding <laughs> movie. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I loved it. We'll, we'll talk about it, it coming up in entertainment news. Um, but right now, it is time for Steve's favorite segment, Ask the CLO. Ready, Chief Love Officer Steve Harvey. This one is from Murray in Lake Charles. Murray. Murray, okay. Murray. <laughs> Murray. Yeah, That's like the school, green. Yeah. That's old like school. The, Murray. Like the pomade. <laughs> <Murray>. <laughs> All right, here we go. Murray writes, I'm 29 years old, and I just got my PhD. I've been messing with my advisor for the past few months. I dated her daughter for two years. And when we broke up, the mama propositioned me for sex. The mama is in great shape and she's better at certain things than her daughter, but I want to get back to dating the daughter. We have been talking and hanging out again and her mother is very angry about it. She threatened to tell her daughter about us and how do I leave the mama without the drama? Hmm. God, God, are you stupid? You know what? See, here's yeah, he's stupid. There's a lot of people with degrees, man, that's just dumb. You got a PhD. You quit dating the daughter. You're dating her mama, who's your advisor. Now you want to get back with the daughter, but it's certain things that the mama do that better than your daughter. You're 29, dog. You're going to mess around and ain't going to be 30. You're stupid. You cannot go back and forth. You can't do that. Dog, you can't leave a girl. If she find out you was messing with her mama, you're going to ruin a lot of relationships, yours and theirs. If you go back to the daughter, you said, nah, you just running through a family. Hey, man, you got to start dating somebody else, man. Murray, listen to me, son. Save yourself a world of pain and stop seeing both of them. Mm-hmm. Save yourself a world of pain. And leave both of them alone. That's that. If that's the smartest thing you could do. Yeah. If you continue either way, you're gonna pay. Yeah. Oh, great advice, CLO. Moving on to Tanya. Change that old ass name to something else. 
<laughs> Murray like the pomade. Tanya in Newark says, uh, my husband of eight years left me and moved in with his girlfriend. I didn't tell my family because I was ashamed. I eventually confided in my sister, Tina, and she offered to go over to the lady's house and drag my husband out of there. But it wasn't long before he ran back home, begging to move back in. I asked him to give me time because I think he needs me way more than I need him. Do I give him another chance or change my locks? I don't know if I would give him another chance. He moved out, moved uh, in. You were embarrassed. It obviously came out of nowhere. Now he went over there and the grass wasn't green on the other side. Now he mm-hmm. won't back. He, but let me ask you a question, young lady. What has changed for you to allow him to back? What, what is the change? Is he going to stop cheating? Is he going to do you better? How can he make up for what's been done? I don't know. If I were you, I would wait the situation out. Because if you wait it out a little bit, you might find there could be another house that he can go to. Confided is what you do. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on to Lynette in Toledo. Lynette writes, I'm a 49-year-old single mother, and I let my 19-year-old daughter's best friend live with us temporarily. This is the same girl that messed with my daughter's boyfriend last year, and my daughter beat her up. I don't like the girl, and she knows it, and has told my daughter that I have an attitude with her and I'm too strict. I don't want this disobedient energy in my household. I I am concerned about my daughter's feelings, not hers. Should I tell my daughter that her little friend has worn out her welcome? No, you ain't got to tell your daughter nothing. It's your house. Hey, sweetie, you done wore your welcome out. Pack your stuff up. Go wherever you need to go, but you can't come back in here. Period. I don't even understand. She beat the girl up for messing with her boyfriend. Now she in your house talking about she don't like your rules to your daughter who she messed with her boyfriend. What, what's next? Your husband? Right. Hey, mm, mm, mm. Facts. Uh-huh. Can't let cancer set up shop. That's right, Steve. One more time. Can't let cancer set up shop. Mm-hmm. There you go. Man, get out of here. You 19 finds Why she ain't got nowhere else to go? Yeah. Because she, she deceitful and hateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Come on, Cheryl. All right. Sandy in St. Petersburg says, my husband and I have had the same in-home assistant for four years, and she's a great worker. She told me she has a new man and she's in love, but he can't visit her at her parents' home because there is a family rivalry. Not long after that day, I came home early, walked into my kitchen, and saw this girl straddling this boyfriend of hers in one of my kitchen chairs. She and the guy ran out of my house. She has begged me not to fire her. She's 22 years old, so how should I handle this? what you do at 22. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, that's that wild age. Uh, you could bring her back in the house if she's a great assistant. You can forgive her for her mistake because young people make lots of mistakes. You can set up and establish your rules. Now, there's a rivalry at her house, and she's now created a rivalry at your house. So he can't come back to your house and She's the family assistant. She's not the babysitter. You can't bring people in here and have sex in my house. 
So I, I don't understand. Now, if you like the girl, you can forgive her and give her another chance to correct her mistakes. And she won't need to keep her job, but she also got to follow some rules. Now, if she can't follow the rules, and you got to look, if you got money for an assistant, you got money for home security cameras on the outside. That little doorbell that sit on the outside of people's house that can see the package being delivered and right. all that, that ain't that ain't expensive. Get you one of them setups, and then you'll know every time he coming over. Uh-huh. But you do understand, though, right? I mean, you was 22. I mean, some you, you, did, you did this too, didn't you? I mean, come on now. I've done <laughs> everything. Okay. All right. I, know. I know you was at somebody's house doing something. I mean, come on now. <laughs> right. Go ahead. So she's the maid, like I've housekeeper type. Mm-hmm. In-home maid. assistant. Um, In-home maid. assistant. Could be, you know, take care of their bills and stuff like that. But if you got money for that person right there, you got money for that doorbell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Nothing like some good straddling, though. Ain't nothing like some good straddling. I ain't ain't mad at (laughs) Just keep going, Shirley. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's the last one. (laughs) Goodness gracious. (laughs) So you're going to have to let the Did you miss the straddling? I mean, you act like you you walk right past it. I mean, it was right there. (laughs) Let him go, Steve. Let him go. You better straddle. (laughs) (laughs) Come on here, boy. That's what you say when you walk by the kitchen. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll, we'll have some entertainment news for you right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Well, lawyers have filed a lawsuit against Travis Scott less than 24 hours after what they called eight needless, untime, untimely deaths at the Astroworld Festival. Festival. The lawsuit claims that this disaster was predictable and preventable. The New York Times reports that the Houston police chief, who is a personal friend of Travis Scott's, warned him before he took the stage. Chief Troy Finner was concerned about the agitated energy in the crowd of 50,000. An attorney for an injured concert gore blamed Travis and promoter Live Nation's motivation for profit at the expense of concert gore's health and safety. As we previously told you, um, Travis Scott is simply devastated and heartbroken. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner has promised to leave no stone unturned to get the to the bottom of what happened and why the eight people were killed by the crowd surges. This is who's going to be responsible here. This will be Live Nation, the promoter. The promoter mm-hmm. and not the performer is responsible for the safety of all patrons. If True. there is a case, but now listen to me. Just because there's an accusation doesn't mean there's a case. A tragedy occurred, but here comes the legal system in the United States. Lawyers know that there could be some money somewhere, so now here they chasing everything. And the big name in this is Travis Scott. So now here they come with the lawsuits. And it's not so much of winning the case as it is to getting a settlement. Uh, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. That's the end game. That's the end game of settlement. That's settlement. all it is. Okay. Nobody wants to go to trial. That's elongated. But but people who come with this, they want a settlement. Because mm-hmm. all it is is about the money. It, and, and they're gonna they're gonna make it look any kind of way they can to get the money. And that's the sadness of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad and, and um 
tragic. <sighs> you know, it's just tragic. I mean, the people dying. It, it's just a, a horrible, horrible situation. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the only thing I've thought of when you have large crowds like this. What? Is that you have to set up these large crowds in open areas in like maze type situations. You have to set those barriers mm-hmm. up like in a maze. Mm-hmm. You know what Where I mean? Go in and out. Where you can get like 50 people in a section, then you got to turn the corner for another section to pop up. Then you turn the corner. You can fit them all in there, but it's going to take a minute to disperse the crowd. That prevents any charging and trampling. Because okay. of the maze situation, because no group of people can go in one direction. Right. Okay. I, I don't want to go to that. I don't want to go to that event where it's fifty thousand people and we just standing in, in the possibility of whatever yeah. could happen. I, I yeah. Just, I need you, a seat. You, you're helpless. There's nothing you can mm-hmm. do. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Such a sad. I'm so glad my little girl was not at that. Mm-hmm. Right. And their family. I know some people that were there for sure. It's they, a tragedy. Get out, but it's so sad. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to switch gears here uh, and talk about trending movie news. Uh, did you guys see? <laughs> I look at you, Steve, because you know how you are with movies and stuff. But did you see the cowboy western, The Harder They Fall? Woo! Did you see it one starring Idris Elba? Best movies I've seen in a long time. It was really? very good. Um, I enjoyed the cinematography. Yes. Uh-oh. The way they Wait shot a it. How oh, come on, Art? No, on. they was deep, what? man. The way they shot this movie, this yes. wasn't no bootleg mess, man. This movie was shot really, really well. Mm-hmm. I love well, the written. music, the tracks, oh, the storyline yes. was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The actors, a damn Regina King. Quick oh, yeah. play it. Oh, yeah. It's a beast. And Dion Cole and Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, and Lakeith. Dion Cole Love was Dion. outstanding, man. Dion Cole Come really on. stepped up. Mm-hmm. Delroy, the lead that played Nat Love. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors. Uh-huh. And Idris Elba. He just a gangster. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, man. He. He don't even have to say nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no. You're right. He ain't got to You're say right, nothing. nephew. He's just a gangster. The whole storyline. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, the oh, harder they fall. I just thought it was a great movie. People told me it was long. Now I didn't feel that. Mm-hmm. That movie felt good to me, man. The entire time. Let me ask great you this. movie. Were you into westerns? Do you like westerns? Have you Hell been? Hell yeah. Westerns? Tombstone. Okay. What? Mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Girl, the Magnificent Seven, Denzel. Because they don't make as many westerns as they once did. Well, that's because periodically, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the word I want to use, but period pieces don't normally do well. <laughs> they claim with African Americans, just like they claim African Americans can't do uh, uh, what they call romantic comedies. And Neil Will uh-huh. Smith came along and crushed their ass mm-hmm. with Hitched. Right. You feel mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Hitch. But you have to show, but this movie here, mm-hmm. I don't know how they got it greenlit, but Lord have mercy. When they greenlit that movie, them people went to work and did an outstanding well, job. It was produced by Jay-Z, Sean Carter. Yes, sir. <laughs> so that could have something to do with it. And you got a lot of big name stars in this movie, too. Hey, big man, name transition. Stars. I just that transition that boy made. Dion made a transition. That was good. Oh, he he, he stayed Dion in Cole. that character. Mm-hmm. Dion Cole, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He stayed in that character, man. I was I was like, go ahead, boy. You rock. Impressed with Dion. But you know, what? Dion has that side of him, if you know him, you know. 
he he got that look about him if you catch him when it when he when you know you know when he you know you know when he in his resting face like you know when I'm smiling is one thing but my resting face I don't give you that you know <laughs> what are you what are you giving I mean you know really man you could put me in one of them type of movies I'm not really a movie star but you could give me a role to play something you know where a dude Character. ain't grinning yeah 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 all right, well, we're going to move on. Uh, thank you, guys. The Harder They Fall on Netflix. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll talk about America's all-white jury problem right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, let's talk about it. America's all-white jury problem. According to Time Magazine, a jury that includes just one member who identifies as a person of color was selected to consider charges facing Kyle Rittenhouse, the white teenager who shot and killed two demonstrators and wounded another last year, if you recall, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, during protests that followed the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man. Uh, Also, uh, a jury of 11 white and one black American is set in the trial of the shooting death of Ahmaud Arbery, a black man killed while jogging in Brunswick, Georgia last year, even though the judge himself noted that the jury selection process appears to have involved intentional discrimination. The trial will move forward. The jurors must decide whether Gregory McMichael and his son, Travis McMichael, along with their neighbor, William Roddy Bryan Jr., are guilty of malice and felony murder in the death of Ahmaud Arbery. Well, here's the deal. The defendants, during the jury pool selection process. Both sides sit there and are allowed to question each potential juror as they come up. I've sat through these before. And they will try to pick a a juror that they think is favorable to their position. A black person in 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 a place like this is not favorable for the defendants because they're the ones who are accused of killing a black person. So they're going to rule out most black people if they can. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors will try to look for that. But then if the other side don't agree with it, that juror can't be on the jury for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now, when we move into the jury room after with time for deliberations, the problems when you have all whites in the room is now they are free to feel, say, and think how they always see, feel, and think. And that is usually not good for the black person that's on trial. Because innately, there are large numbers of white people who have deep-seated feelings about people who are are black and Mm non-white. Because of propaganda, because of what they've been taught, because of all the antics at their house, that it's very logical that Rodney King was an animal trying to get up and get at those police officers. And they repeatedly kept trying to beat him down and he kept getting up. And if he had gotten up, he could have hurt those officers. What? Please. What? (laughs) That's what's said in the jury room. That's what's believed in the jury room. And when they come out, that's the verdict they come up with. When you have a black person in that room, you get to go, wait a minute. He was trying to get on his feet to save his life. Why are they steady beating this man? Two entirely That's different what you need. You're right. All right. 
Coming up at 34 minutes after the hour, we're going to see what Scottie Pippen has to say about Michael Jordan and his new book right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. During the 1990s, Chicago Bulls dominated U.S. basketball, winning six championships. Well, Scottie Pippen released his memoir last week titled Unguarded. Uh, Scottie wrote that The Last Dance, the Netflix ESPN documentary, glorified Michael Jordan while not giving nearly enough praise to me, meaning him, Scotty, and my proud teammates. Each episode was the same. Michael on a pedestal, his teammates secondary, smaller, the message no different from when he referred to us back then as his supporting cast. Well, Scotty Pippen is bitter, uh, but does he have a point, guys? Does he have a point? Should he be mad? Point with this, man. I mean, holding this grudge. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's 2021. What are we doing here, Scotty? Has life not gone on? Are we just going? How long we going? Holy! It don't make no sense. I think Scotty has a lot of things he could be mad about, like his contract, the way he signed it. But playing with Michael Jordan was what it was. This dude had expectations of himself and everybody that played for him. And since it's such a team sport, we all got to get on one accord. So he tried to impress upon everybody the will and the mindset that you had to have. It was clear in the documentary. All I saw was a winner wanting to win. All I saw was a person trying to push everybody to be their absolute best. Now, in the days you don't feel like being pushed, that, that's not how greatness is accomplished. Greatness is accomplished through discipline. Discipline is doing what you have to do when you don't want to. And so I'm sorry, man. I don't know what y'all complaining about. Y'all was at the ring ceremony. Y'all was at all the parades. Can we just- you know, y'all was dating the women that came along with it. You ain't had none of them damn problems. And whatever money you got paid is because that's what you and your team negotiated. Okay. Michael got his money. Mike, Mike was worth every dime. Mm-hmm. He sold out arenas. Michael Jordan was not born to be a social activist. Michael Jordan was born to turn basketball into a global sport. That jump emblem is in Israel. That jump emblem is in Saudi Arabia. That jump emblem is all over Africa. That's what he was born. Now you look at Michael, but Michael has always done philanthropic stuff. It just didn't get no pub. Yeah, it wasn't public. But he's always done philanthropic stuff. And now he does even more. But everybody talking about what Michael ain't. When you need to be talking about what Michael is. And since we're talking about just let me say this. Okay. He is the greatest Regrets. basketball player to ever have played the game. I've, I've tried to yeah. work my yeah, boy LeBron right. in it, and he's in the conversation. But when I look at the film and I look at how they played, that damn Jordan, man. It was amazing. Hey, oh, I don't care what era you put him in. That boy was beautiful to watch. He was beautiful to watch play basketball. Say this. Let me just say this so Scotty can quit talking. Okay, you talking about you felt smaller? Okay, Michael averaged 30 points a game. You averaged 16. That's smaller. <laughs> just by, by damn near half. 
half. Your ass should have just been in half the documentary. <laughs> okay, so Steve, let me ask you this. What does Scotty want? What, what would make him what what would make him happy? I know. Money for this book. That's what we're <laughs> looking at. Yeah, that's what this is for. Money okay. for the book. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna read it all? No, what I gotta read it for. <laughs> you I ain't got no time you, you I, The only it. time I have, the only stuff I got time to read for is self help books. I ain't got no yeah. time to read no, like a damn novel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even care how you felt. <laughs> he ain't got no sales on this show. <laughs> no, not for me. I'm not buying no book about what happened in 1990 something. What? <laughs> So, so Junior, has Michael Jordan commented? Has he said anything? Buy the book, he said, man. Well, say, he ain't got to say nothing. Uh-huh. What are you going to say? I don't book. think he should. I don't think he should say anything. You buy the book. What am I going to learn in a Scotty Pippen book? All right. Coming up next, the nephew with today's prank phone call right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, right about four minutes after, it's my strawberry letter for today. The subject, he's not welcome. In my house. Mm. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. We'll get into that. Can't wait till Steve hears this one. We'll get into that in just a little bit because right now the nephew is here with today's prank phone call. What you got for us, Nev? Make a wish ministry. <clears throat> mm. All right. I'm going to say it one more time. Make sure. a wish ministry. New Baptist, this is Terrence. May I help you, please? Brother Terrence? Yeah. Uh, how you doing? I, I got your uh, your number. You you with the, uh, over the church, you with the Make-A-Wish ministry? Yes, I am. I may help you. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm terminally ill, brother, brother Terrence, and, uh, I, I don't, you know, as far as what the doctors tell me, it, it, it could be six months or, or another year, but I know, uh, my time here is, is, is definitely limited, you know. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but we're definitely here to help you out with whatever you need or whatever we can help you with. So what can we do for you? Well, you know, I, I, I truly believe that sometimes people have, you know, I've seen one of them old movies they got where they got a bucket list or whatever they call it, you know, with people trying to do things before they leave here. I, I guess I'm just sitting around trying to figure out what I could do and what I wanted to do before I, I, I left this world and went on to what he has for me next. I, you know, I, I don't believe in, in doing anything unless uh, it's prayed on first. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, if, if you don't mind, maybe you can, uh, you know, before I even tell you my wish, we, we pray that the wish will come true. You you, 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 you mind doing anything like that? Oh, no, I don't mind praying. That's what we're here for. Uh, bow your head with me. Yes, 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 sir. Is your head bowed? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, it is. Father God, we come to you in the humblest way we know how. Lord, we ask you to touch this young man in every which way he hurt. And then we ask you to deliver him for whatever is going on with him. And let him know that we, the church, is here to help him with whatever his needs is in his last days. In Jesus' name I pray. Say amen with me. Amen. 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 That's going to do it. Amen. Amen. Now, you a member of the church here of New... Well, I, I I I was a member. I I still consider myself a member. It's just been quite some time, probably over a year and a half, two years since I've been able to come. To, you know, due to my my illness. But uh, uh, definitely, I was a member there. 
well, that's all right. We're not worried about all that. We just here to take care of your last and final wish. That's what our ministry right. is for. You yep. know, we helps people with 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 anything they they need. You know, like uh, what 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 all? I mean, when when people call and want things, what all of you you all what all of y'all help them with? Well, we've uh, helped them with their rent, uh, take them to the store, uh, help them with a utility bill, come out and cut the grass. Anything like that, they, they just can't do. Take them to the doctor's appointment. Anything we'd like to help them with, we do exactly that. Okay. Well, I I I pretty much got those things taken care of. I I think what I'd like to do between you and and, and myself, brother Chandler, I've never told anyone what I'm about to tell you. Uh, I I've, I've never been with a with a, with a woman before. Huh? I, I've I've i I'm you know I'm 38, but I've never been with a woman. Well, uh, I, I guess that might be a blessing. You might, you might be pure. That's a good thing. Well, you know, but sometimes, you know, I, I guess before I leave, I, I guess that's a desire that I have. And 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 uh, what I wanted to ask you was, there is a lady there at the church. Uh huh. And before I leave, I I think that's the woman that I would actually like to to to, to, to be with. Well, I don't know if Make-A-Wish Ministry can uh, support that kind of stuff, but uh, go ahead. Let me hear. Okay, the the, the lady that I'm I'm actually interested in actually, uh, I, I, she works at the church too. Oh, really? Well, now she she's kind of a tall. She's about five nine, mm-hmm. and she's probably about a size eight. Uh, beautiful long legs, man, and 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 sandy type of hair, sandy color, sandy brown. Man, and I mean she looked like caramel. Hold on a minute. What? What's her name? Uh, I think her name Linda. Now, hold on. That's my wife. What you mean? Go ahead, say wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Linda's your wife? Yeah, that's my wife. You sorry. Okay. What do you mean? What, what, Talk. Listen, y'all are a ministry. Now, now, if y'all are supposed to be taking care of people on Make-A-Wish and, and taking care of what they want before they leave this world, if that's my wish, what is the problem? Listen here, you didn't cross every line there was about this man, so I don't give a damn about it. I'm a, you talking about sleeping with my wife. If I see you, I'm going to do something to you. They ain't going to even be able to recognize you. So what the you talking about messing with my wife, son of a I'll call Miss Linda myself and see if she don't have a problem with helping me make my wish come true. Go right ahead that. and call, and you won't call no nobody else. That'll be the last call you make. I thought y'all were here to relieve people so they can enjoy themselves before they leave this world. You talking about sleeping with my wife. Are you crazy? But, but if I'm finna leave here, ain't nobody gonna know but you and her. I don't care if you die. I don't care. You ain't sleeping with my wife, and you fool with her. You probably going to go ahead and die quicker than you need to. I thought this was a ministry. I don't care now you, what now you Now you over there telling me about dying. Y'all supposed to be a ministry that helps people before they leave the world. I don't care what it is, but you talking about sleeping with my wife. You got an illness, but something must be wrong with your brain talking about messing with my wife. Ain't nobody going to even know I've been with your wife once I'm gone. There ain't going to be but the two of y'all. At least you would have helped me before I left No, here. I can't help you with nothing. And let me tell you something. I'm not the preacher. I'm not the pastor. I'm not the deacon. I'm not none of them. But if you mess with my wife, you're going to know who I am. I'm going to be the undertaker. Do you understand? I hear what you're saying, but I got one more thing I need to tell you about who I am. You ask it, you ignorant.
to go ahead. He let me in. This is nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Your wife, Linda, y'all need to pray. God. No, y'all ain't. Y'all need to pray me, about you. You wrong for that. Y'all ain't recording this, is you? Man, it's recorded every last bit. Lord have mercy. Ass <laughs> ain't gonna hear this, is Oh, God. I got one more thing to ask Lord. you, man. What, what is the baddest, and I mean the baddest, Ooh. radio show in the land? Steve Harvey Morning Show. Come on, church. Man, he hopes you die. Come on here, church. Man, he don't on. give a damn if you die. Make that rich. And if you mess with my wife, you're going to you die sooner than you have to. Man. I'm not the preacher. I'm not the pastor. Yeah. No, I ain't going to hell. No, 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 no. You agreed to it. You said, no, yeah. No, no, but I ain't yeah, know that's yeah. what he was fixing to say. Yeah, no, 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 no. It wasn't fixing. He had I said know. it. And your dumb ass said, yeah. Oh, wait. No. Oh, wait. I ain't going to hell. No, no, not hell. Come on, now pull up. The man prayed for you. The yeah. man prayed for you. Yes. Bring prayer in. Junior Wax. Okay. If you would turn to the book of Duval, uh, 12th chapter, 13th verse, it reads, November 12th and 13th, a fool shall come to town. That's what it said. Did you see that? Amen. If you read even further, if you read even further, it says the Ramona Pavilion Ballroom, a fool shall come to town and spread jokes where? Throughout the city. That would be in Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you. And that is once again November 12th and 13th. And I will make a joyful occasion upon that city. All right, everybody say amen. Amen. Oh, amen. I got a ragged ass church, man. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'll be there, Jacksonville. Nephew Tommy Friday Saturday. Nephew Tommy Friday. Be in Comedy show. Yeah. This All right. Thank you, nephew. Coming up, Strawberry Letter, He's Not Welcome in My House is the subject. We'll get into it right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Time now for today's Strawberry Letter. And if you need advice on relationships, dating, work, sex, parenting, and more, please submit your Strawberry Letter to steveharveyfm.com and click Submit Strawberry Letter. We could be reading your letter live on the air, just like we're going to read this one right here. Right now, you never know. It could be yours. It could be yours. Buckle up and hold on tight. We got it for you. Here it is, the strawberry letter. Subject, he's not welcome in my house. Dear Stephen Shirley, I'm a 32-year-old black man married to a white woman who is 30 years old. We've been married for four years and have two children. My wife has two older brothers. One lives in the same subdivision as us, and the other lives out of state, and I have never met him because I'm black. When I proposed to my wife, he told my wife that he'd never accept her marrying an N-word, and it broke my heart. They still talk occasionally, but their relationship is damaged forever. I have never gotten this type of negative energy from my wife's other brother, and her parents treat me like I'm their son. Last year, we celebrated Thanksgiving at my in-laws' house, in Kentucky, and everyone came to dinner except her racist brother. 
Her father has tried to talk some sense into his racist son, and I've told him it's totally fine, and he's allowed to feel how he wants to feel. The kicker is that he's the one child in the family that screws up every job he's ever had, he won't get vaccinated, and he thinks all lives matter. He is one of those people that I wouldn't try to talk to anyway. My father-in-law is adamant about changing his views, and he's asked if this dude can come to Thanksgiving dinner at my home this year. I told him that I would cancel hosting dinner if he insists on having this dude in my home. My wife got a call this week from her brother, and he apologized to her and asked if she would talk to me, talk me into letting him break bread with us this year. I told her, hell no. He's not welcome in my house. She told me that she'd respect my wishes, but it's tearing her up inside. Her mother is my girl, and she called and asked if I'd reconsider. I'm looking like the angry black dude. So should I allow the racist to come to dinner? All right. I, I got to tell you, first off, please don't buy into the racial stereotype of the angry black man because you are more than justified in how you feel, especially, you know, when there's racism involved. There's a lot weighing on this. You got your wife who's right in the middle of her family conflict, but of course she's choosing you wisely. Uh, the rest of her family is cool and treats you well, you say. But I got to ask you this. What did you think was going to happen? As a black man, did you not think there was a possibility, there would be maybe, that some of the family wouldn't accept you? Uh, and listen, I'm a person that's all about forgiveness and moving forward and all of that. But blatant racism and someone calling you the N-word... Um, come on, it's real hard to take the high road when stuff like that happens. You just can't ignore it and break bread with this clown at Thanksgiving dinner. No, uh, surely a fight will break out. Uh, but, you know, then again, this is the family you married into with the racist brother and all. And you have to address it and you should... You should address it. I mean, it would make your wife happy for one thing. And uh, Thanksgiving Day, where everyone is there, is a good time to try and resolve this issue. So I say yes, invite the racist brother to your home. Your turf, where if he starts acting a fool, you can put him out. Um, you know, you should put it all out there. Say everything you want to say. Hear him out. See if you notice a, a change or something in him. You should get an apology is what you should get, some sort of um, uh, change in his behavior if he's truly remorseful. And then maybe you guys can build from there if it's real. I mean, it's worth a shot, I think. I I'm sure your wife will appreciate the fact that you did this for her and I think do it before dinner so you can enjoy your Thanksgiving meal. Steve? Well... Vastly different opinion. No, I don't have a vastly different opinion. You said a couple of things I agree with. I just don't agree with the order. Because, first of all, look, man, you married into a different family, which is okay. It happens all the time. Love is love. I say this all the time. People should marry who they love, regardless of your skin color. But we all know that problems are going to come up in a marriage. I don't care what color the person is. But when another person does care about the color, we have an instant problem. Everybody's cool with you except her brother. The father has talked to him. The mother has talked to him. Your other brother has talked to him. Everybody didn't talk to him. But he's not accepting the fact that she's marrying an N-word. Now, I'm going to get to what I think the solution to this could be. 
But I also understand if you don't accept what I'm about to say, because I perfectly understand exactly how you feel. That right there is a tough pill to swallow. Now, you all have been trying to get him to come around. He refuses it. Now the Thanksgiving dinner is at your house. Now everybody's asking you, and his mother called you and asked you to reconsider, and she's always been kind to you. Your wife asked you to consider it, but she also said the very smart thing, I would respect your wishes. Because, okay, this is a good marriage. My husband still lives here. I got to honor his wishes. Now, he went about it the wrong way. He asked his sister to talk to you about allowing you to come. That's some coward-ass mess right there. What you got your sister going to undo your damn dirty work for? That, to me, is foul again. So you doing everything, Mr. White Racist, except deal with the fact that you are the white racist. When I come back, I offer my potential solution. All right. Thank you, Steve. We'll have part two of Steve's response coming up at 23 minutes after the hour. Today's Strawberry Letter subject, he's not welcome in my house. We'll get back into it right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, come on, Steve. Let's recap today's Strawberry Letter. He's not welcome in my house is the subject. Well, this 32-year-old black guy has a problem. He's married to a white woman. That's not his problem. Uh, she's 30. Been married for four years. They got two kids. Your wife got two older brothers. Live in the same subdivision as us. That's one of them and the other one out of state. You've never met the other one out of state because you're black. Because he never approved of her marrying a N-word, quote, unquote. Now, they still talk occasionally, but their relationship is damaged forever. I've never gotten this negative energy from my wife's other brother and her parents. They treat me like their son. And last year, they celebrated Thanksgiving at the in-laws' house in Kentucky. Everybody came to dinner except her racist brother. A father didn't try talking some sense into this boy. I've told him it's totally fine, and he's allowed to feel how he wants to feel. The kicker is that he's the one child in the family that screws up every job he's ever had. He won't get vaccinated. He thinks all lives matter. He's one of those people I wouldn't try to talk to anyway. Okay. I got it. Now, your father-in-law is adamant about changing his son's views. Now, this year, the Thanksgiving dinner is at y'all's house. And he's asked if this dude could come to Thanksgiving dinner at your house. I told him I would cancel hosting dinner if he insists on having this dude in my house. Then your wife got a call this week from her brother and he apologized to her and asked if she would talk me into letting him break bread with us this year. That's the cowardice that I don't like in this letter. So you can call the man an N-word, you want to come to his house, but you want your sister to talk to you about it and apologize. No, man, that's your damn job. You to screw up. You made the violation. The only way this could work, I told her, hell no, nah, he ain't welcome in my house. She told me she'd respect my wishes. 
but it's tearing her up inside. Her mother is my girl. She called and asked me if I'd reconsider. I'm looking like the angry black dude. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not looking like the angry black dude. You're looking like a victim of racism. And they need to get a close-up view of what they look like because the racist is in their damn family. So should I allow this racist to come to dinner? Now, here we go. I agree with everything you've said in this letter. And I understand exactly how you feel. And I don't know if I would allow him in my home. See, bro, I'm with you 1,000% on this. You're not wrong on any stretch of the imagination. Problem, the whole problem is they asking you to be the biggest man of them all and allow a person in your house that didn't call you to end. That's, that's hard, man. That's, that's a big ask. Now, I know it's their family, and they're going to love him regardless, as they should. But he ain't your family. And you ain't got to love him. See, there's a difference between family and friends. You get to pick your friends. You said in the letter, this is not a guy you would talk to anyway. You wouldn't even pick him as a friend. But he came with that damn family. And he is the rotten apple in that family. So now, I don't understand how he thinks that by calling your wife and apologizing to her and then asking if she would talk you into letting him break bread with us this year. Well, see, now this is where the, 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 the you know, now, now it didn't come to a head. Here's what the coward racist should have done. Can I talk to him man to man? I disagree with Shirley. This is a wonderful time to solve it at Thanksgiving. No, it ain't. You ain't coming to my house messing up my damn holiday. We have Thanksgiving once a year. You're not coming to my house to talk about why you didn't call me the N-word. Now, if we want to meet with me one-on-one somewhere outside of my home before Thanksgiving get here, I'll give you an opportunity to say what you want to say. I'll give you an opportunity to make me feel better about having your racist ass in my house. I'll give you an opportunity to tell me how you calling me the N-word. Now, all of a sudden, where that person at that versus the one that's coming to my house prior to Thanksgiving Day. Because Thanksgiving Day ought to be just family sitting around eating, watching football, having a good time. The day of Thanksgiving is not the day to resolve this conflict. The coward racist should have enough gumption in his body, which he don't have. Most racists are cowards. You need to talk to me man to man before the week, and then you decide from there. If he can apologize and tell you he was wrong, that he's grown and he's changed, he's trying to become a better man, And then if you, for the sake of your wife and your family, want to allow him to come to your house, that'd be one thing. Or the simple thing was, we haven't Thanksgiving at your mom and daddy's house, and we can all go there. I don't really know 
how you going to get past this one. All right, Steve, thank you. Post your comments on today's Strawberry Letter at Steve Harvey FM on Instagram and Facebook. And check out the Strawberry Letter podcast on demand. We're coming up at 46 minutes after. You know what time it is. Time for Junior and Sports Talk right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, guys, Junior is here with Sports Talk. What you got, Junior? Oh, man, where's Pimpin? What happened this week, Pimpin? It was a week of shocks. <laughs> Pimp got shocked, man. God, dog, I was sitting there looking at them scores going, who, who did I pick? <laughs> man, it was crazy this week, Pimp. Let's go through some of the games, man. First of all, the Broncos beat the Cowboys 30 to 16. Lord, hell no, how? I don't know, Pimp, and I can't believe it either. Pippin, here another one. You picked us this week. The Texans lost 17 to 9 to the Dolphins. Now that that was the dumbest pick of the day. <laughs> here go another one. Pippen. I was influenced. You were influenced? Uh-huh. By the Houstonians Pippen. on the Yeah, we yeah. we I, we begged him to pick it too. We did. We begged him. Come on, Pippin, pick us. Come on. And then we just let him down. Here we go. The Falcons. Beat the Saints 27 wow. to 25. Another Pimpin. disappointment, Major. Pimpin. Here go another one. The Giants actually won. They beat the Raiders 23 to 16. What is How? going on? <laughs> we don't know. Well. Is this Pimpin's worst week right here? Man, this ever is this of ever. all time. <laughs> Pimpin, here go another one, man. The, you mean to tell me the Jaguars? Beat the Bills nine to six. Who the what? hell would have thought something like that? <laughs> this is a conspiracy against the pimp. <laughs> Tragedy man, has what? struck nationwide. This is unbelievable. Pimpin', but man, you did get some of them right, man. But here go another one though. This was crazy, man. The Titans beat the Rams twenty-eight to sixteen. Pimpin', it was just getting worse. Dog without Derrick Henry. Yeah. King Henry was out. I said there's no way. No. What? It was it was just a crazy week, Pippin. I mean, I can't even tell you, man. I, I mean, but you did you did nail some. You got the Ravens over the Vikings, 34 to 31. You did get so? that. <laughs> you got the Chargers over the Eagles, 27 to 24. So? <laughs> Oh, I love Here go, You got right. this one right, Pippin. The Browns showed up, man, and beat the Bengals 41-16. And spanked that booty. <laughs> Gave it to him all. My frat brother was so mad. Is there a party in Cleveland right now going on, Pippin? No, that- no, no. We don't party for whipping the Bengals ass. He <laughs> got to whip the Steelers to get a party from him. Okay, man. Well, you know, man, it's just a crazy week, Pippin, man. I can't tell you, man, but, you know, you did have more wins than you did losses. You you, you was seven and six this week, so you know, Pippa, don't be even mad, man. That, that was seven and six. That's yeah. like regular. I can't be regular. All right, <laughs> Junior. Thank you. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're gonna check out Steve's voicemail eight seven seven twenty nine Steve. Right after this, you're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Steve, are you ready? Let's go to line one. Uncle Steve, I would like to know, why do men leave their wedding rings off if they know they're not married? It's not good for single women. It could be a collision. I just want to know what you have to say about that. 
get back to me live on the broadcast. Peace and blessings. Okay, did I misunderstand the question? Did she say, why do women, why do men leave their wedding ring if they know they're married or if they know they're not married? What did she say? No, why do married men not wear their wedding ring? Well, you know, sometimes they don't wear it for work-related purposes, like around machinery, and then sometimes they don't wear it because they left it at home, and the majority of times they don't wear it because they don't need you to know. Thank you. Those are the only three reasons. They forgot it, lost they don't wear it for a certain job, like if you're a machinist or something like that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like playing it. I don't like having my wedding ring on when I play golf. Because okay. that hand has a tendency to swell sometimes, my left hand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've changed my grip so it don't do that no more. Because so, I was gripping the club too hard. It's an, it, they, done, they, they, they up to something. Okay. Let's go to line two. Aaron Rodgers, have you lost your damn mind with your lying ass? That's that white privilege. He said, when they talk about the vaccine, I, I'm in, immunized. First of all, I already know what the hell that even means. I don't know if I even said it correctly. But that's that white privilege speaking. But you want to kill Kyrie, though, right? Kyrie gets killed. But Aaron Rodgers, I, I'm immunized. Let me tell you something. Aaron Rodgers disappointed me so bad that he's now number three on my all-time great white athlete list. It was Larry Bird, Aaron Rodgers, Carl Malone. Now, on my all-time great white athlete list, it's Larry Bird, Carl Malone, now Aaron Rodgers. And look here, man, this QCB, man, representing Charlotte. I'm out. Malone is in with there. Some real issues. <laughs> what is this thing? He got some issues. He came in with some real issues. First of all, man, I met Carl Malone, one of the coolest dudes on planet Earth, man. Uh-huh. Grew up a little bit different from us, but that's one of the coolest yeah. dudes on planet Earth. But is he white? Let's start there. He's no, he's he not. White? No, he's, oh, no, he's not. But he mad at him. So that's, black, a, that's a sarcasm. Uh, the far as... Larry Bird go. You just hate Larry Bird, I guess. I don't know why you don't like him. Or or if you saying he's one of your favorites, I don't know. Larry Bird is one of the greatest basketball players ever lace up. Uh but now let me tell you something. Your hatred for uh Aaron Rodgers. I I I don't compare the Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving cases at all. A lot of people do though. but I just said I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't compare them at all. Aaron Rodgers said he got vaccinated or immunized, but he didn't get the vaccination. He's saying now it has things in it that he's allergic to, but he did another treatment that he thought was equal to the vaccination. That's what he's trying to say, which is bull crap because none of that's proven. Okay, so now you lied. You got busted. When are we tripping because they lied? What that what where, where that new revelation come from? They lied, boy. Ding, not they any. Lie. Now Kyrie getting eaten alive because he don't want the vaccine and it's affecting his team, and it's a mandate. It's the NBA and the NFL have two different mandates here, man. 
So, bruh, there's nothing I can help you with right there. You can go on and feel how you want to feel because I see you on one. Kyrie, it's no way I'm going to miss that kind of money for not being vaccinated. That's just me. But if you got enough money where you can miss 435000 a game, then go ahead. I ain't that dude. I'm dribbling. <laughs> All right. We'll have more of today's trending stories the on the needle Steve Harvey Morning Show. Arm. Coming up at 20 minutes after, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, in trending holiday Christmas tree news, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree has been chosen and is being prepped for its trip to New York City for the first time ever. The tree is from Maryland. It's a 79-foot Norway spruce. It will be cut on November 11th and will arrive at its holiday home on November 13th. The Christmas tree lighting ceremony takes place on December 1st, and the tree will be there until January 16 of next year. So, Steve, you know. feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 79 feet. That's tall, Who puts huh? the star on top of that tree? Ooh, the that people crane. with the crane. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's... They put one. On they put a crane in your house. Let's to put the star on top of your tree too. Yeah. yeah. Oh hell yeah. What's the latest? Oh hell yeah. No, that's no. There's no need for that for a crane, sir. <laughs> but what's the latest on your Christmas? When is your Christmas? You put tree the star coming? on the tree when it's laying down. You put all the lights on the tree when it's laying down. Oh. You turn oh. it tight when you're talking the about Christmas tree. You hear? Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know why it's got to be the subject every year about this tree. Because <laughs> it's interesting, Steve. Where, where, no, it's not that one from Maryland. It's, where is it's yours fodder. From? It's fodder. Mine comes from Oregon or even North Carolina. Um, what? Mm-hmm. Mine come from Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Down mm. For Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Amazon. We get to yeah. ship uh-huh. in. Uh huh. <laughs> no, you don't, Tommy. Stop lying. <laughs> Look at the time. <laughs> yep. Christmas tree right. talk over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll come back with a round of Would You Rather at 33 minutes after, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, here we go with a round of Would You Rather. Listen carefully, guys. Would you rather have a flight delayed? You know, a lot of people are driving or flying and all of that now because the holidays are coming up. So would you rather have your flight delayed by eight hours, just sitting there for eight hours, or would you rather lose your luggage? I guess I'm going to just yeah. wait eight hours. Why do I want to lose my luggage? I, I yeah. don't... It, that's, it's a would you rather. Okay, all I'd, rather, I'd rather just... <laughs> I, I go hit American Express room and chill out up there and sit there for eight hours. For eight hours. What is the American Express room, Tom? Oh, wow. I it's a that. lounge you go to when you... Where? You are, it's in the airport. Most airports have an American Express lounge, and you go in there and you kick How it. How you get in there? And, you haven't, uh, oh God, I didn't fell in this rich stuff. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Help us out. Cause I'm not familiar with it. So go ahead, Tommy. So you have to well, have Well, you're not familiar now? with it because your airport doesn't have that. Oh. But we're talking about the American Express Lounge though. We're not talking about that. Okay. So we're talking to what our listeners is yeah, He's still mad about the you. Christmas tree. Okay. You know, so let's That's just go on and talk about this American Express Lounge. Where is it at in the airport? Mm. <laughs> Have I been in the airports, Tommy, with American Express Line? I don't even see Sure, it. sure. LAX has it. O'Hara has it. I've been in all uh, Yeah. Yeah. O'Hare, I'm sorry. Philly has it. Yeah. Uh, see, they didn't invite you, Junior. Yeah, they invite me. Yeah. What, what kind of American Express do you have to have to get in there? 
Probably mm. platinum. I'm not sure. But, uh, platinum. Oh, you ain't sure what the little ass people need? Did you platinum, platinum or black? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. No, we should done. Need to know. I don't. Way to okay. go, rich boy. All right. It's, yeah. It's, anyway, I go it's on a up lounge. to the American Express lounge. I didn't All right. I got you. Go ahead. Right. Pimp. Anyway, right. I don't want to. I don't want my bags to get. Go no, ahead, here's another. Bag. Would you rather? Would you rather be the star player? on a losing basketball team or ride the bench on a winning basketball team? Oh, I'm gonna Would you rather? Which on one? the losing team. That's what I'm going to be. At least I'm, I'm going to have press conferences. They're going to talk to me about this. I had to carry the team another night. Yeah, it's you know, it's just regular dude for me. You know, I, I'm sorry, man. I wish I had help. You know, I'm, I'm going to bring all that up. I'm going to be the star on the losing team. I ain't going to ride the bench. I ain't going to cheer for nobody. <laughs> you get interviewed every night. I'm just gonna have to go with I'm gonna be a star player on the losing team because I've yeah. been that a bunch of times. So <laughs> you know how that go on. What about yes. you, nephew? I've been to star council shows and everything. So yeah, mm-hmm. I take it. I think no. I'm gonna ride the bench. We're going to playoffs and everything. We're going to the championship. I'm just yeah, rooted. Hey, good job, fellas. Oh, so you're on the bench. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what you do when you go to the American Express Lounge. Okay. Yeah. Anybody gonna Coming up in 49 minutes after the hour. Short. Yeah. Our last break of the day and some closing remarks from the one and only Steve Harvey right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, here we are, guys. Our last break of the day. Tuesday. Hmm. What a good day. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right before we get to Steve and his closing remarks, anybody learn anything today? Oh, I learned that there's an express lounge I ain't been invited to. I didn't even know. <laughs> Big Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Just a little perk. That's all. Nothing major. I didn't know that, though. And you kept Nothing it from me. Nothing major. Can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell us nothing. Only one knew about it, but you and Carla. Move on. I'm with Tommy now. Let's move on. Wow. Oh, it's amazing how we have to move on when it's about y'all little rich ass lives. Oh, but the moment we get on Steve's life, oh, let's just lay on it and ask more questions and because who, Steve, how you're come? At a what you do is is wait amazing. a minute. When it's up the black up. the American Express Lounge. I, I didn't hear nobody know. say hello. Mm. We have a listening audience, people. Mm. Oh, you know what they do to me, Uncle at the gate? They like, Junior, what you doing here? Why you in the American Express Lounge? Where is that? I ain't even know. You bought it up, Tommy. This is what they do to me, Junior. What they do is tree. This is all, that's all. Well, Uncle yeah, that's Steve, you at Delta. What you doing here? We ain't never seen you over here. <laughs> you must be doing yeah. bad. <laughs> you all right? Steve fell off. Steve fell off, man. He all up here at the gate now. <laughs> you're doing bad. Yeah, you're definitely not regular, Steve. <laughs> Uncle Steve, you at food court. You all right, man? <laughs> In the Chick-fil-A line. <laughs> Chili's? <laughs> I'm mad at it, though. Yeah, I saw Uncle Steve picking up a magazine. His ass didn't fell off. I told you that fell a few money wasn't with me. I knew Man. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, hey, let's talk about this for a minute, my closing remarks. I, I just want to encourage people. Folks, listen to me. Don't settle. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Don't settle. 
Stop thinking that you don't deserve better. Stop thinking that better is out of your reach. Stop thinking that doing and wanting more and having more and, and being better is, 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 a, is, is delusional because it's not. You just got to stop settling. Listen, this thing called life is for everybody to experience. You don't have to just exist, but you got to start with how you think. Stop settling. Stop talking yourself out of blessings. Stop talking yourself out of the things that could make your life better, easier, simpler, richer. And I don't mean rich, rich as in a financial dollar, just the experience of it all. I see and hear people all the time get introduced to new ideas and new concepts, and they talk themselves right out of it. I can't do that. I'm this. I can't do that. I'm that. Who that's for? That's for you. You got that. No, it's for everybody. But you have to make a decision not to settle. I'm going to say it again. Stop talking yourself out of being blessed. Stop talking yourself out of a better life. Because I see people do it all the time. Everything you see is available if you believe it's available for you. Now, the moment you don't think it's available for you, you are 100% correct. And guess what? It'll never come your way. So we are talking about a simple mental adjustment of actually believing what you see. Do you know that's the problem with most people? Most people don't believe the things they see. It's right in front of you, and they don't believe it's there. Somebody show up with a new car every two years on your block. Now, how they, I, can't, I don't see how they getting a new car every two years. It's down there. Look. 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 Go out on your sidewalk, look up in the front of their house, and there's the new car again. But if you don't believe you could have, you should have a new car every two years or you could get a car new two every two years, guess what? You keep driving and you get the maximum. People don't want to stretch themselves out of discomfort. Well, Steve, you don't understand. I beg to differ. I really do understand. I understand better than you think. I really, really do. But that's the key word, though. I understand better than you think. Key word, better than you think. The only reason I know I understand what can happen better is because the way I, I because I start making the way I think better. I understand exactly what you said. Those of you who don't have it right now, because I ain't always had it. But I changed the way I thought in order to get it. I don't look at nothing and see it and believe it ain't possible. There's no way. Seeing is believing. The problem is people see something and don't believe it can happen for them. How you can't get a car every two years? How you can't own a bigger house? And then you start justifying why you can't. Well, I only make this. This job I got, you ain't got to stay there. That ain't the only job. What's stopping you from getting a side hustle? What's stopping you from doing something on the side to make more money? You, just you, because you don't believe what you see. If I see another man with it and I come to the conclusion that I want it, I get about the business of making it happen. I don't go and ask nobody for nothing. 
I start applying the principles of success to it. What you see and believe you can achieve, period. Stop talking yourself out of blessings. That's all I got to say. Y'all have a great day. God willing, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all stay blessed. Steve Harvey morning. Show Roscoe Wallace tomorrow morning. For all Steve Harvey contests, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Participants must be legal U.S. residents at least 18 years old unless otherwise stated. For complete contest rules, visit steveharveyfm.com. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 